It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans? Do not worry. This is your host, Jeff Carr. I survived the Battle of Winterfell, just in case you're a Game of Thrones fan. They're throwing that in. Spoiler alert, I didn't die. Welcome into the Lockdown Reds podcast. It is a Monday. The Reds went one and two on the weekend. We're going to talk about that briefly. I'm going to tell you why I'm still very bullish on our favorite team. And we're also going to look at some news and notes here on this Monday. But before we get to that, make sure you hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. Also, check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr. And check out LockedOnReds.com. Got a lot of great content going up there. Dave Pemberton has a couple of articles. One looking at Nick Senzel and how it's time to get this show on the row already. And then another article about Zach Duke and how it's time to send him on his way. And we're going to get into that a little bit here on today's podcast. But first, the weekend that was. The Reds went to St. Louis. And on Friday, had a banner day. The kind of day that you go to bed that night feeling super proud to be a Reds fan as the Reds clobbered the Cardinals 12-1. to And a lot of that came in the top of the ninth. They did a lot of add-on late in the game, but you know what? It was still just as sweet as the Reds. And really, I mean, Anthony DiSclefani pitched pretty well, but it was just an absolute slugfest for the Reds. They're in the first game of Bush Stadium for the year for them. You know, they've got two games on the ledger already against the Cardinals, but both were in Mexico. So this was the first trip to St. Louis, and it was nice to see them get a win in the first game. They dropped the second two, though. Saturday was a tough luck loss. A couple of really, uh, you know, could go either way pitches from Tyler Malley to Marcelo Zuna as Marcelo Zuna got the better of both of those pitches. And it really changed the entire complexion of the game. The Cardinals won 6-3 to three in that one. And then Sunday's game, which... You know, I mean, David Hernandez got saddled with three runs there in the bottom of the eighth inning, but they weren't his fault. That was on Scott Shebler for losing the ball in the sun. And really, if you're Scott Shebler, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I sent out a tweet talking about, ooh, Nixon Zell probably could have done the same or better. But I really don't put that all on him. I just look at Scott Shevlin. I'm like, man, what more tough luck situations can you get into, man? Like, what more? What hasn't he done wrong? I mean, he's batting the weight that I was about 20 years ago. And he just, he makes these little plays in the outfield that you're like, man, what are we doing here? 
can we move on already? He's got people lumping him in there with Zach Duke. And Zach Duke really spoiled, you know, the last game against the Braves. I didn't get to talk about that on Friday when I was talking with Doug Gray, but you know, the the Reds ended up winning four to two Thursday night on a crazy game in which they took a two hour and a two hour and forty two minute rain delay and on both sides of it held the lead. They won four to two. At one point they were up three nothing. And it was really the eighth inning was all that Atlanta mustered because in the seventh inning, right before the rain delay happened in the top of the seventh, Luis Castillo was nursing a very precarious shutout. You know, I say precarious and it's going to look good on his ERA, but he ended that game with eight hits allowed. And in fact, in that inning, it was base runner after base runner that got on in succession, it was three straight singles that loaded the bases with nobody out. And so they're like, okay, it's probably, he's probably got nothing left in the tank. They brought in David Hernandez and the legend of David Hernandez was reborn as he promptly struck out the side, throwing nothing but fastballs and sliders and preserved the shutout right before the rain came down. And then, of course, our favorite son, Zach Duke, came in the eighth and promptly gave up two runs to make it a one-run ball game. The Reds were able to play add-on there in the bottom of the eighth and finished off the victory at 4-2. to two. And, you know, Rice Iglesias got his sixth save of the season. So, since I last recapped games, you know, because we didn't recap it on Friday, obviously, but the Reds were 2-2. Two and two, And, you know, it's hard to look at losses and, you know, not be negative. But I think overall the Reds are going to be okay. Their their BABIP, you know, their batting average on balls in play is still absolutely far too low and something that I believe will change and will come right back up and the Reds are going to be fine offensively. It's just a matter of when. I mean, right now it seems that, They have a really good offensive game, and then they have two or three really bad offensive games, and it's really spoiling fantastic pitching. Coming into Saturday, before Saturday's game, I haven't seen the updated statistics before then, so sorry, this statistic is a little outdated, but after the Reds beat the Cardinals 12-1, to they were tied with the Tampa Bay Rays for least amount of runs allowed in Major League Baseball, not you know, just one league particular, but all of Major League Baseball, and yet they sit under 500. That's all hitting. I mean, if the hitting would just come up to normal, these guys would be taking off, and we're right there. So I'm not worried at all. I think they're still going to have a great summer ahead of us. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here, and maybe some options for the Reds moving forward for a couple of struggling players, but I want to remind you to check out Locked On MLB. It's the league-wide Locked On podcast hosted by Sully Baseball. He takes a look around the league each and every day in a 15-minute or less size, you know, sample size there for the time. Definitely worth your time. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on that podcast as well as the Locked On Reds podcast as it is available on all the major podcasting platforms. This year, the Cincinnati Reds began the offseason with the mandate, get the pitching. They had to go get 
talent. And you know what the best tool for your company is to get talent? That would be ZipRecruiter. Today, ZipRecruiter sponsors the Locked On Reds podcast, and I want to tell you a little bit about them. That is the absolute best way to get talent for your company. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in the first day, the first 24 hours, 80%. That's four for five. That's four hits. That's Joey Votto coming to the plate, facing some kind of pitching from the Miami Marlins. We're talking really good success rates here. ZipRecruiter has a special offer for the Locked On Reds listeners. And right now, you head over to ZipRecruiter for free with this exclusive web address. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire, and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is the Locked on Reds podcast here on this Monday. And I mentioned in the first half that we're going to talk about a couple of guys that are struggling and maybe some options that the Reds have. Zach Duke has been a lightning rod for controversy this first couple of weeks into the season. And by controversy, not necessarily off the field, but what he's done on the field. In eight innings pitched, 14 appearances, he has an ERA of 11.25. That's 11. More than 10. In fact, a little bit over 11 as well. He just constantly comes in and gives runs up. In fact, the last two games he's given up runs that he's come into. He gave up a run on Saturday against the Cardinals, and he gave up a beach ball of a home run to Freddie Freeman last Thursday. So what are we looking at here? I mean, the Reds signed him to a one-year, $2 million deal. He was really their only major league free agent signee. So there's a possibility that the Reds do absolutely nothing and just keep rolling him out there, at least for the, you know, recent foreseeable future, the, you know, the, the immediate foreseeable future. They may not make a move on him if unless he just keeps pitching this way all the way up until almost you know June or something like that. But they have a fantastic option in AAA in Cody Reed. Cody Reed last season as a reliever was no slouch. In fact, he was pretty decent 
in 10 appearances for Cody Reed last season, he had an ERA of 2.31, and that is in 11 and two-thirds innings pitch. He only gave up 10 hits, and he even only gave up one home run, and he had 10 strikeouts. So he pitched pretty decent, albeit a small sample size there, but it was still pretty good. And then even when we look at his platoon splits, Against left-handed hitters last season, he allowed a batting average of 222. It was just eight hits in 36 at-bats, you know, 39 plate appearances. He did give up a couple of walks there, but he also had nine strikeouts, so he struck out more batters than he allowed hits, and he allowed no home runs. And I really think he was a guy that I even pegged out of spring training as should be in the bullpen. Now, I I was also including Zach Duke in there, but when you look at what Zach Duke has done, or, you know, the lack of production thereof, and you look at the other two left-handers in the bullpen, you're not getting rid of Amir Garrett, and and really, Wandy Peralta has been pretty decent this year. In his eight innings of work, he has a 1.33 ERA, that's in 10 appearances. He does have five strikeouts and a walks plus hits per inning pitch of just 1.0. So he's pitched pretty decently, albeit, again, small sample size. But I think that we've seen enough of Zach Duke. That's that's kind of my feeling on Zach Duke. We've seen enough of him to know that they need to move on. They need to get a different guy up here. I don't know if you, I don't think there's any value in trading Zach Duke right now. Maybe you just designate him for assignment, something like that. But in my mind, I think they're better served with Cody Reed coming out of the bullpen. And then the other guy I want to look at real fast is our buddy Scott Shebler. I think that he has done a very nice job taking advantage of a situation where he's on a team that he can get a lot of playing time on. Because over the last couple of years, you know, in 2017, many of us remember, he hit 30 home runs, but weirdly only had 67 RBIs, but we won't get into all that. But he only batted 233. Now in 2017, 18, he brought that up just a little bit to 255. In fact, his best batting average on a season, but he only played 82 games, was in 2016 when he batted 265. So I think when you look at his numbers, and right now he's batting a buck 32, just not great at all. He's only got two home runs this year, you know, out of a total of nine hits in 68 at bats. So it's just, it's been a rough start for him. Honestly, it's time. I don't know what they're waiting on. And I don't want to hear about his minor league batting average. That's just as important as spring training batting average in my regard to Nick Senzel. We know what he is. He's got the talent to be a guy who could contend for a batting title you know, in the, in the coming years. And he's the going to be the backbone of this franchise for 10 years. So I don't need to see any more from him in AAA. It's time to bring him up. It's time to bring him up, put him in center field, say, listen, you're going to be our everyday center fielder and start him. You know, maybe he gets an off day every so often, but put him in center field every single day. The Reds have two guys that on a contending team, you know, as much as I'd like to say that the Reds are contending, they're trying to convince me that they're they're not quite 
ready to get for that wild card this season. But if you put Scott Schebler on the Dodgers, you know, where he came from, you put him on the Cubs, you put him on the Cardinals, you put him on, uh, you know, insert playoff likely team here. He's a fourth outfielder, maybe even a fifth outfielder. He just doesn't have the numbers that jump out and say he's an everyday guy. But because he's been playing every day for the last couple of seasons for the Reds, there are some fans out there that are automatically, you know, writing him into the lineup. Here's my hot take for the day. Scott Shebler does not need to be starting a majority of games the rest of this season. He just doesn't. The The majority outfield needs to be Yasiel Puig on right, Jesse Winker in left, and Nick Senzel in center. And that's it. You know, maybe sprinkle in a little Phil Irvin, sprinkle in a little Scott Shebler. I don't know what you do with Matt Kemp, but... As it stands right now, they are getting less than average production. In fact, according to baseball reference this season, Scott Schebler is worth negative 0.5 wins above replacement. And, you know, that's a cumulative stat. That's not an average stat. So it's not as if that's going to jump up with one good game. That's based on what he's done so far. He's been below replacement level. So that means that anybody else could run in there off the, you know, AAA roster. Phil Irvin, maybe, you know, if they don't bring up Nixon Zell right away. But I think it's time that the Reds move on from Zach Duke and the Reds move on from Scott Shebler. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. On tomorrow's podcast, we're going to look at the season opener or the series opener against the New York Mets there at City Field. And I'll have overreaction theater in a good way about a player that we have grown to love ever since he was signed for a minor league contract this season. That is on tomorrow's episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you can get tomorrow's episode automatically. It'll download right there for you. You won't even have to think about it. Then also check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr. And head on over to LockedOnReds.com to see all the good stuff we got going up by our writers. And I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.